Please take your Bibles, if you would, and find Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 5 here in just a moment. It is a special day for us, and we're glad that you're here. It is the first day for the next 50 years, and uh, so we're glad that you've come to be a part of what is taking place, and appreciate that video. Did you notice how photogenic all the staff are? except the pastor. I'm not sure why that is, but uh, we appreciate putting that together. Thinking about the last 50 years, we, we circled this day uh, a year or so ago probably and said it because it was on September 20th, 1970 to the day, 50 years, Parkway Baptist Church was constituted as a church and this was going to be a blowout day. Now it is. You're here, Lord's here, and we're doing great things, but we anticipated bringing all the chairs we needed in, eating, you know, having a dinner on the ground, you know, type thing and uh, having it really big. But uh, our charter members make up the planning team and none of them can be here yet. So we put that off. But we've got a date set, excuse me, we don't have a date set for that. I'd like to know when that date is. But it will be uh, when everybody can come back. Here's how you'll know when that happens. It's just us here today, so we're just sharing. I haven't had a haircut since February, and I'm not getting a haircut until everybody can come back. So uh, you will look forward to that. You don't have to clap about that. That's not something to clap about. <laughs> uh, more of a silly thing, I guess, but if I come in wearing a ponytail, you'll know why. It'll be my very first one. Let's hope it doesn't go that long. But uh, we are glad you're here today, of course, and we know the Lord is going to continue to be at work in the church just as he has in the past. We're thankful for those who had a vision for Parkway uh, to let us to where we are here today. We have seven charter members who are still uh, members of the church today. And, uh, uh, and so they were members then in 1970. So we appreciate the, that vision and their steadfastness and their faithfulness. We know that many others have come along. A couple of things to anticipate. Uh, one is there has been a plaque that's given by the Alabama Baptist, and we've got that plaque. We'd like to present it to our charter members, those who can come on that day. And also, whenever we have that big day, this is the kickoff. We're going to celebrate all year instead of one big day today. And uh, we're going to open up the cornerstone over here at the church as a cornerstone. They've put memorabilia from the last 50 years, but nobody seems to remember what it was that they put in. I'm hoping it's a Starbucks gift card or something like that maybe that we can all use, but we'll be looking forward to that. But let me ask you, even though that is the case, we, we did this in the first service and we'll just see how it ends up today. If you're a member, you know when you join, hopefully think about the year in which you join. So we had more probably joining the 19... Anybody joining the 1970s? If you did, would you stand? Anybody here joining the 70s? We had some from before. Don't be bashful. Thank you very much. In the 1980s, we'll do this pretty quickly. If you're not, would you remain standing? 1980s, would you stand and remain standing? Guys, 1990s. Anybody join the 1990s? You can remain standing. All right, well, how about uh, the 20s? Uh, excuse me, the zeros, the noughts, the, when 2000 started that, for that 10 years. How about 2010s? And then some. We have some of your members, so I know some of up to 2020. If you join this year, would you please stand? And uh, you look around, you see our members now. We have lots of... Now, if you're a member, unless I left out a decade, you can stand because I said, I think I said every decade. I said them pretty fast. You might have missed. So uh, please remain standing for just a moment, if you would, please. Take a look at those who, of course, are around. Let me tell you, for those who are sitting down, we exist for you. We exist first and foremost for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we come together as a church so that we might be able to serve those who are outside the church, even if they're members of another church, and particularly those who do not know Christ. So we appreciate you. And so 
uh, I'm going to ask if you're a guest today, would you please stand as well? Would you stand? It would be okay. If you're, you're either a member or a guest or you're visiting, so that means everybody, okay? Just make sure. <laughs> Some of you look like, am I a guest? Am I, was I here? Did, did I, I feel like I missed a year or something that somebody missed. I want you to stand today as we read God's Word. We're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. If you need to grab your Bibles, that will be okay. Importance of these words we'll be talking about. So important, I wore a tie and a coat today, and we've got you, everybody standing. This now is the Word of God. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all the statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. May the Lord bless the reading of His Holy Word today, and you may be seated. We began our first service today with baptism. We're going to end this service with baptism, reminding us why we exist so that we might be able to fulfill the Great Commission in the mission that the Lord has for us. And so I'm going to warn you today that if you're, it's not a warning, but I'm going to give you information today that if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're not sure, or maybe you've accepted Christ, but you've never made it public, or you've never been baptized, you're going to have opportunity to do that today. We're giving you, you may not have come here prepared to be baptized, but our baptism team, men's got stuff for the men, ladies got stuff for the ladies, that you can do that today. We have some already being baptized, so I'm, I'm letting you know beforehand that this is coming today. And if you need to be baptized today, because you've placed your faith in the Lord Jesus, or if you need to talk to someone and you want to be baptized today, we'll have counselors at the end of the service today. One reason I'm standing up uh, early today so that we might be able to talk about these things. So you be praying about what's going to be taking place today. But you'll be glad you came today because of what we're going to talk about today because I thought about on this first Sunday for the next 50 years and as we talk about, uh, we've talked about celebrating the last 50 years, what would be the most important thing? What is it that we should tell you today. And so we've read these verses today and we're going to talk about that which is most important. So before you leave here today, you'll be able to say, wow, I've been told or I have been reminded about that which is the most important, which we should know and we understand that all people should know today. What do you think is the most important part of the Bible? Well, John 3.16 is important. It's written right down here on somebody wrote it down for us and we understand. How about the part about Jesus being born and his death and his burial and his resurrection, certainly we think that's what all the Bible talks about. Well, we can make an argument today that the verses that we read today could be considered among the most important. Now, I have no right to be able to lift up one part of the Bible above another. I have no right to be able to do that today, but the Lord Jesus does. And you might remember that there was a lawyer who came and asked Jesus a question, what is the greatest commandment? He may not have a, had a genuine wanting to know response from Jesus. It may have been he was there to test Jesus. and Maybe there was an argument about which of the ten were the, some of the greatest. And they thought, well, if Jesus chooses one of the ten, somebody who doesn't agree with him, maybe they'll stop following. But Jesus did not choose from the Decalogue, from the Ten Commandments. 
But instead, he chose from Deuteronomy chapter 6 about the greatest commandment, Leviticus, the second greatest. And from the lips of our Lord, our God, without doubt, the most important, the greatest command, the best we can do is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. All other commands are summed up in this one. Well, how do, how do we do this and what does that look like? I want you to notice the progression of what's taking place here. God tells Moses. Moses is to tell the people, and the people are to tell their children, and then their children's children, and so on and so forth. So we're doing what Moses, what God told Moses to do, and so we're continuing to pass along that which is most important. Some of you are just being reminded of it today. So today we talk about the most important information for all people. Most important information for all people. And we see that a little bit in stages. In other words, we're going to talk about what do we need to know first in order that we can know that which is most important. Well, first of all, you need to know, and the Scripture tells us here, the Lord is one. The, the Israelites and the Orthodox Jew today have always regarded Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, kind of a pinnacle of the first five books, if not all of the Old Testament. And they would often, and still today, many Orthodox Jews will repeat this twice a day. It's called the, uh, the Shema. Uh, Shema means here, which is the very first word in verse 4, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And the word here certainly means listen, but to pay attention, to heed, and to keep. The Lord is one. It was important for the Israelites to understand that He is one. After all, they've come out of Egypt where there was many, many gods in which they were brought out of that land of Egypt. And they were going to the land of Canaan to where there were even more gods that were even more pagan and ungodly. Well, though the Israelites, or through the Israelites, the Lord, they were going to the promised land. The Lord was going to use them to be these people because of what they were worshiping and their sinful ways to be a judge to the people of Canaan. Well, the Lord is one. It does not mean that our God is better than other gods. It does not mean that He's in first place in compared to others. No, indeed. It means that God of Israel and our God is the only God, and there is no other. No other gods exist. They're merely inanimate objects that can do nothing and are nothing. But if you have your Bibles open to Deuteronomy 6, you could turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 20. Eight. Also, that verse will be on your screen there. Moses was talking about what would happen if they followed other gods. And it says there, And there you will serve gods of wood and stone, the work of human hands that neither see nor hear nor eat or smell. Now notice that word, serve. You'll serve those gods. In other words, if they're worshiping those other gods, they're going to end up being a slave to those gods or a slave to their sins. Plus, these images were nothing couldn't see, hear, taste, or smell according to what Moses wrote, what God said. At most or at worst, idols or images set up by Satan himself to keep people from worshiping the one true God. But Moses uses the book of Deuteronomy. As they're about to go into the promised land, they've been 40 years in the wilderness and the people are about to go into the land. We've been talking about Moses a lot if you've been around the last, watching the last few months and and so now he's using the book of Deuteronomy kind of to remind them of all the things that they had been taught and as they go. And so he's reminding the Israelites that he is the God who created them, called them from a foreign land to be his people. He brought them out of the land of Egypt, performed many miraculous acts. He spoke to them from the holy mountain and would give them victory in the land promised. And the Lord is one. 
He is like no other because there is no other. That's great for the Israelites to understand, but what difference does it make to us? Well, we don't have any idols like that made of wood, of stone. No. But ours might be made out of plastic or metal or brick, perhaps. But may I submit to you, even though there was hundreds of idols in Egypt and even more in Canaan, that we have more idols surrounding us than even the Israelites did as they were making their way into the land of Canaan. We have American Idol. We have uh, prosperity gospel. We have possessions and bank accounts and our desire for more. You're inundated with that which contends for the place of God in your life and wants to take the place of your relationship with Jesus. Now, this kind of God may not be the kind of God that's in your face like you set up something on, at your house and go and you build an altar around it and bow down and worship it. Now, this is a little bit more subtle. It might come and be a part of your life or a part of what's happened in your life and before you know it you're giving that which really belongs to Jesus you're giving it to something or to someone else and it becomes more important but let's see if we let's see if we can see if this is even a problem really for us let's take what I'm going to call the T test got four words begin with T kind of help us along here this maybe help us to see if this is a problem or not what how would you answer this question what do you think about the most what are you thinking about right now? What do you think about the most? What do you talk about the most? What do you give your treasure to without regard to cost? What do you devote your time to? Now, have you hesitated at all? I mean, hesitated and began to say anything other than your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, we might have to admit that this we might be tempted to allow something else in our life that would become more important than our relationship with Jesus. Can we just admit this, most of us, this part about the Lord our God is one, this might be pretty important information. Here's another part of the information we need stage to understand exactly what's the most important. The Lord is to be respected with holy fear. Our, our God with, is worthy of respect. Now, holy fear is not necessarily the same thing. It's not the same thing as being afraid of God, though they might not be that far apart. Because if we understand what our Lord Jesus Christ holds in His hands, He holds life and death and judgment and everything else in His hands. Well, understand Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 24. If you still have your Bibles open, also on the screen, Moses tells God's people, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. But Proverbs tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. We read a moment ago in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 2 that Israel was to have proper fear for the Lord in order that they might be able to follow the commands of God so that they might be able to live in the land in which they were going into and that they might be able to multiply. I want to be sure that we understand. For the first 40 years, there was one generation. And this is that Moses is talking to, and now is mostly the second generation are going to the promised land. But if they feared God, followed His commands, well, they would be able to possess the land. Now, the first generation, how long did they possess the land? Not at all, because they did not have holy fear of God, nor did they follow God's commands. But this generation, 
they were going to follow at least more closely than the generation before. How thankful I am for the first 50 years of Parkway. Lots of ups and downs, but the Lord was always faithful. And I'm thankful for the faithfulness of God's people who have set an example and set the stage for what we're going to do as we move forward. And he said, if you, if you fear the Lord and you follow His commands, you'll multiply. Now probably for them, it probably did mean that there'd be more Israelites. Now, Christians, families having more kids, God's pleased with that, but that's not necessarily the application we make. It is though that more people become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, few people began Auburn Heights mission before it became a church that was out there on Opelika Road. And then there was 50 years ago today dedicated about 100 or so that were charter members of Parkway Baptist Church. And now we have about 800 members, though 800, it's good multiplication, but you understand there's been many, many, probably thousands, I have been thousands that have come through Parkway Baptist Church in the last 50 years. Now, we lose people, and I want you to understand, faster than any church I've ever been a part of, but we lose them mostly to moving in and going out. If we're not always bringing people in, then we're going to be digressing. Thank goodness the Lord has helped us to progress and to be able to continue to reach more people. And we want to continue to do that. But thousands of people, and we're thankful for the vision that the Lord has. And we feel like as people are going, we have missionaries around the world. We have people all over the state of Alabama and other parts of the United States. We feel like they're missionaries. And even if they go to another church here, we still feel like they're missionaries in that church. They're still a part of Parkway. We're inviting them all back when we have that Big, big day. Want to know what that is? Me too. Well, we understand today, we understand we serve a jealous God, does not contend with others or other things who take his place. For those who place their faith in Jesus, he is our protector and our refuge, and we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Why? Because he is one, and because he is to be respected and we, with holy fear. Also, we understand, if we're going to understand what we need to give to the Lord that which is most important, give the Lord complete devotion, love God without constraint. I want you to notice something Moses told Israel after being sure that they understood and he, he was a jealous God. It's in chapter 4 and verse 30 and 31, I think also on your screen, but in chapter 4 and verse 30 it says, When you are in tribulation and all these things come upon you in latter days. Anybody feel like they're in tribulation in latter days? Well, it says, You will return to the Lord your God and obey His voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that He swore to them. Why are you to love God? Because He first loved you. God's demonstrated that in the Old Testament when He brought the Israelites out of slavery. He demonstrated that through the sending of the Son to die on the cross for us who rose again. He demonstrates it every day by walking with you, whether you feel like it, whether you know it, whether you always feel His closeness. He's promised that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And the Spirit of Jesus lives in all those who have called upon Him and who are followers of the Lord Jesus. Dr. Karl Barth, Swiss theologian, maybe the greatest philosopher and theologian perhaps of his day, he had come to the United States. He was speaking to one of the seminaries and speaking in a class, and they were able to ask questions, I guess. And a student asked Dr. Bart, said, what's, what's the greatest piece of truth that you've ever run across? Every seminary student leaned forward, and it is said that Dr. Bart leaned up his gray, shaggy head, and he looked at the student, and he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. 
the Bible is an amazing thing in that sometimes it is very deep, deep truth, deeper than any other place in the universe. Sometimes it can be complicated and even hard to understand. There are mysteries about the Bible that we're, and about God and truths there that we're seeking. But at the same time, the Bible can be that which can be so very clear to us and bring much clarity to what is most important. We love God because He first loved us. If you truly believe and truly understand, you'll give complete devotion and love to the Lord with all your heart, soul, and strength. There you have it. Most important information for all people. Lord is one. Lord is worthy of respect. And you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. What, what difference will it make if that's true? True story of a lady in New Mexico that was frying up some tortillas in her frying pan. And she pulled up one of the tortillas and there the burnt parts of the tortilla looked like the face of Jesus. And so she took it to her husband and to her neighbors and showed them, and they all agreed. Indeed, it did look like a face, and it looked like the face of Jesus. And so she took it to her priest and showed it to her priest and wanted the priest to bless it. And he was, he was hesitant at first, but she said and told him about all the difference that the face of Jesus in the tortilla had made in her life. And uh, her husband even said, yes, he's such a changed person. She's kind and more loving, more submissive ever since the face of the tortilla came up and so the priest blessed it so she took it home and she put it in a glass case with a cotton ball cotton ball so that it looked like it was floating on clouds and she'd open it up for visitors to come and see 8,000 visitors she had in just a few months to come and see Jesus of the tortilla now doesn't that sound kind of odd to you well you know if it was barbecued ribs or something like that maybe I could understand but Jesus of the tortilla isn't it strange how People have a misunderstanding or what love and devotion looks like. Scripture here tells us what it looks like. What difference does it make? First of all, it is undivided loyalty. God asks for love for the total person. We can't, we don't, we're not to hold back. It's not giving, it's not like giving out cookies to this some and here's some and keeping some for yourself, but you cannot divide it. Love for Christ cannot contend with love for self or the things of this world or even someone else more than Jesus. When Jesus quoted this verse in the book of Mark, quoted many, we're reading from the Old Testament today, we're a New Testament church, quoted many times in the Old Testament. In the book of Mark, Jesus added a fourth element, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So first, God wants you to love Him passionately. He says, with all your heart and all your soul. Jesus says, I want you to love me passionately because I passionately love you. Second, God wants you to love Him with perception. Jesus said, love your God with your mind, with understanding and on purpose. Think it through. Not to just do it without thinking. Love with perception and understanding. Third, he says, I want you to love me practically. Love me with all your strength and with all your abilities. To say you love God is one thing, but God wants it to be practical, shown in your actions. What day is garbage pick up at your house? Men, it may be that your wives truly want to hear from your lips, I love you. From, from, they may truly want to hear, I love you. But what they really may want is that you take the garbage out. Or that you do those things that would be practical. Those those things that would show that you truly love her in many, many ways. And that's what God wants. So love for Jesus makes a, also a difference. Obedience is demonstrated. Obedience is demonstrated over and over again. Moses tells God's people, listen and do what God has commanded. It's not by accident 
that Deuteronomy 6 falls after Deuteronomy 5. What's in Deuteronomy 5? It's the second time in which the Ten Commandments have been given. And Jesus held the key to how love for God is demonstrated when he said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Most of the time, our problem is not knowing the right thing to do. Most of the time, it's loving God enough to do it. But also, love for Jesus means love shown to all. When the lawyer asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God, but the second is what? He quoted from Leviticus. Love thy neighbor as thyself. When asked who's thy neighbor, told the story of the good Samaritan. The Samaritan was the hero of the story, the one who was hated by all the people and looked down upon by Jews. John the disciple, in his first letter, in 1 John, he says, He who says he loves God but hates his brother is a liar, and the love of God is not in him. What difference does it make if you truly love God? You're demonstrated in your love for people and for all people. This information, in light of what Jesus said is most important information for today, it should make a difference. But notice, right after Moses gave the information of what is the most important information for all people, he gave the most important information for parents and for grandparents. And you might want to put that down because he says you've got to teach these things to your children and to your grandchildren and to your children's children. You know, as we move forward, we're thankful for the past, we're going to move forward, and we're, we're ready to give out what we consider God's vision, at least for the next five or ten years, and the difference that we'll be going. A big part of that's going to be what happens in the home. Bring us your children and your teenagers, and we'll, we're going to love on them, we're going to train them up, we're going to teach them God's Word the best we can. But the central part to where it's really going to take place has got to be in the home. Listen, if we don't do this, we're one generation away from becoming a totally pagan society. Is, it is this really what's most important? Yeah, I, th I think it is. So, I'm not the first one to say this, but we're going to use it today. How do you, how do you when it comes to your children and your family, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. And so you might want to write these down or take these and use them along the way, but T stands for teachable moments. And you're coming and you're going. The moment you go about your daily business and come times of decisions come or crisis, high and low points, look for those opportunities to share biblical wisdom, the things that we're talking about today. Use these as important teachable moments. In Moses' day, the guys went with the, the boys went with the men, girls went with the women and Moses writes, use this time for teachable moments. Use what's happening today, the year 2020, for teachable moments with your family. Have you seen it this way? What an opportunity to be able to share with your family how faith wins out over fear. How about this? How to love everybody. No prejudice. And when, you, and when you have a hard time doing it, and we're all human, we probably do. So we say, Lord Jesus, if you're truly in me, and I know that you are, help show me how I can truly love all people. What an opportunity to teach them a moment to show that violence and hatred accomplishes nothing. Welcome to the year of teachable moments. Have you started? Well, it's not too late. How about the I stands for intentional time? 
something beyond the everyday that would be times of teaching and learning. It's okay to create teachable moments to where you spend time doing this, but you want to use it in order to influence your children or your grandchildren or your family or even others along the way. In the, in the Christian home, in the Christian family, fishing's not just fishing. I think there's a song about that. Hunting's not just hunting. Golf's not just golf. Hopefully shopping's not just shopping. Working on the truck's not just you. You kind of get the idea here. But also teachable or intentional time also means Bible study with your family, worship time, spending time worshiping and serving together. Be intentional. M stands for meal time. If Moses were writing today, he might say when you sit down for a meal, it's a good time for praying, sharing, and teaching. Take advantage of those times. Now, lots of normal families, when they sit down for a meal, it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it turns into disagreements or disputes. Now, I know it doesn't happen to any of you. I'm just letting you know what happens sometimes in other families. And sometimes when that happens, well, you just, you just try again. You don't use mealtime as a time to dress down or uh, to point out every fault of your child or other family member. We're teaching our children to love God and love others, and E stands for eternal things of God. This is what's most important. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. You want your kids to be wise to the ways of the world. Most of us. I'm not sure you're listening. Maybe I should say, do you want your kids to be wise to the, wise to the ways of the world? It's not what the Bible says. Bible says be wise to the things of God and foolish to the things of the world. Be wise to the ways of God first and foremost. Eternal things matter. Oh, there's much here to be said about consistency and repetition demonstrating God's love. But today we're told what is the most important news? What is the most important news? God loves you and has a plan for your life found in Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, you're not sure that you have a home in heaven, not sure that you have Christ living in your heart, well, today, you need to first know that you're a sinner. All of us are sinners. Some are saved by grace. We know that we need to turn those sins, repent of sin. We need to believe what Jesus Christ said and what He did. We know that Jesus died for us on the cross. And three days later, he rose again so that we might be able to have life. And the Bible says that all need to call upon him. So today, you can call and you can ask Christ to be your Savior and Lord. We're coming to an invitation time here in just a few moments. We're giving you that opportunity today that if you'd like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'll be glad to talk with you about that. You can make it public today. We're having lots of firsts today. We're having our first real altar call in six months. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do that. That is, if you'd like to come and pray at the altar, no one will come to you. You can just come and you can pray by yourself. There may be others that gather around to pray, but they'll be six feet apart. You can come to the altar today. It may be that you want to pray for your children or your family and pray about these most important things. It may be that you have somebody with battling COVID or family problems that you just want to come pray with or you have a particular need you want to bring to the altar. You come. If you come, I can guarantee you this, others will be praying for you. Also, what we're going to do, we're going to open this door over here in just a moment. And as we do, we're going to have a couple of our staff members or pastors standing there. And if you want to make a decision, even come and join the church. Uh, 
make a decision for the Lord, even be baptized today. You've thought about, this is time to be baptized. They've got something ready uh, for me, and I can do that. I want, to, I want to do that. You'll come, and you'll just follow one of our staff members out. We'll not talk to you in here. We'll take you to one of our offices over there, socially distant. And uh, you can have somebody, if you just want to pray with somebody, you certainly can do it that way. Hope it's not confusing. It's different from how we usually do it. But uh, we give you opportunity to be able to respond even today. Let me get one more blank there, and I want you not to miss this. What's the most important goal? Love the Lord your God with all you are and all you have. It will continue to be the vision of our church. Right now, we've got a vision, love God, love Auburn, love the nations. We want to grow in our love for all of these things, right where the Lord's planted us, and, but particularly we want to grow in our love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is our goal, not just as a church, but it will continue to be what we want to give you tools for. Love God even more every day. Let me pray for you. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come and worship you. Thank you, Father, for Parkway Baptist Church. We thank you for all our guests we have here today. As we sing, we have a lot, but uh, we, we pray, Father, that we'll continue to reach out to others. We thank you for those who are watching uh, live stream, those in the overflow room. We pray, Father, that if they're there, those making decisions, they'll find ways to be able to share with others as well. And we thank you, Father, for how you're going to continue to be at work. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.